Welcome back to the History of Rock Remix episode. Got a good one lined up with uh, Nickelodeon fans here for you today. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. His name is Brandon. He's the DJ class. He's officially in session. All right. So, so we're gonna. I'm gonna let you start the lead on this because Nickelodeon did start in the states and took a little while to even make it over to Australia. Yeah. So again, we try to get things that maybe Shim watched as a kid, and then we can compare it to how it was. You know, Australia versus the United States. But the date that I was able to find for Nickelodeon was that it. Didn't even make it to the to Australia until October twenty third, nineteen ninety five. So that's remember, well past all of the stuff that really I watched on Nickelodeon. And I remember the first thing that I saw was Ren and Stimpy was on Nickelodeon, right? Oh yeah, dude. I remember the first thing that I saw from Nick. I remember the first thing I saw from Nickelodeon was Ren and Stimpy, and my dad at the time when we were still living together came in. He was like, "Hey, there's this new to kids kids channel." Check it out. First thing is Rent and Stimpy, which is horrifying if you're not prepared for it. And my dad was more, he was like, I can't believe they say this shit's for kids. And I remember him going off of the TV and just switching it off and being like, there's fucking Americans can't trust them for anything. <laughs> oh, looking back at it now, we were yeah, all like, holy horrifying. crap, we cannot believe yeah. that. But the whole point of doing sort of Nickelodeon right now is that we're actually going to be talking about Double Dare because it debuted on Nickelodeon, October 6th, 1986. So that would have been yep. just about 36 years ago, uh, depending on when you're tuning into this episode, is when that would have dropped. But the show... Yeah, maybe, maybe you're tuning in in five years from now. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, wow, that's amazing. It's uh, Their yeah. dates are completely off. So the show was inspired by the game Mousetrap. <laughs> the series was pitched as sort of a Rube Goldberg machine that used people instead of balls. Now... No joke about the balls there. Um, Mousetrap, was that a board game that you guys really had down there in, in Australia? We had that. Okay. Yeah, we had that. And that it wasn't was called like Dingo of... Trap or like Kangaroo Trap? No, no. We the, There's certain things that we bastardized, but that particular one got left alone. Um, and it was because we still have Mousetraps in Australia, but that game tore families apart. <laughs> like More so we than had... Monopoly? No, more so than, well, not more so than Monopoly, but the reason is that you could play that, you had to be a little bit older to understand and play Monopoly. With Mousetrap, you could play it when you were five. But the setting up of the Mousetrap, the frustration when the Mousetrap didn't work. Oh, God. And then the parents having to look at the kids and being like, hey, hey, it's just a game. And the kids are like, well, then why the fuck did we set it all up? And then like it, people would lose their shit. I remember hearing stories from kids when they um, would come to school and say, oh, I had a horrible night last night. The family got into it. Mousetrap. I wanted to get Mousetrap. Go ahead, fucking start it. I wanted to get Mousetrap. When I was a kid, I saw the ads all over TV, and then I heard a couple of horror stories from kids that came back like, yeah, man, I never heard a positive story. We had a nice, relaxed time. I had a cigar <laughs> and a scotch. Mum was having a glass of wine. It was relaxed, and we had a lovely, quaint game of Mousetrap. No, it was always ended in kid throwing the table up in the fucking air. How much time well, I, I got left? You have a lot because what I was actually going to bring up too is do you remember the one part that almost never worked was at the end when you had the to little, get the dude to jump into the pool yeah, and then yeah, that yeah. knocks the trap down and it goes yeah. click, 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 down like yeah. that. That part never worked and you would yeah. sit and watch the rest of the goddamn trap going and then yeah. all of a sudden the dude wouldn't make it into the pool and that was the yeah, worst Yeah, and the whole family would hold their breath and unanimously go, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Made it! Made it. Lovely. 
So what was the... Damn, that's loud, dude. All right, so the name of the show again, I'm going back up here because this show did not make it over to the States whatsoever. Mousetrap did, but what the hell? Double Dare. Double Dare, baby. The role of the host. So the role of the host was offered to Dana Carvey, which would have been so much fun. But at, it was at the same time that he was offered a spot on Saturday Night Live. Obviously, he chose SNL over Double Dare and so history was made. Really quick, and then I guess I should uh, sort of give a synopsis of Double Dare. It's two teams of two kids. I, I believe it was always a boy and a girl on each team and they would answer mm -hmm. questions to gain points and then there would be physical challenges and so if a question goes unanswered you can dare if you don't know the answer you can dare the other team to answer it if they don't know it they right. can double dare you then if you still don't know it and each time the money goes up for you right. know or your points go up and then if you right. still don't know it you do the physical challenge where you have to go catch you know uh, like soap in a in a container or water or something like that or right. like a race and it was awesome the show was uh, amazing so somebody else who was considered to host was comedian Soupy Sales, who had a popular kids show in the 50s. I don't know Soupy Sales. I just know I that know there was a show. Is. There was a show somewhere. I want to say it was Friends. I think it was Friends. Okay. When Phoebe has been possessed by the older lady who died on her massage table. And she makes a comment uh. about Soupy Sales. And, and, and all the rest of the friends were like, what the hell is that? And she goes, who is Soupy Sales? And yeah. I remember like that. I, I'm like, that's a thing. That's a person. And apparently that's, that was somebody they considered to be the host of Double Dare. And they had, yeah, they, uh, they had a show in the 50s. Yeah. Never, never heard of that one either. Once again, the Australia thing. Oh, but the first dog. Hold on. So, yeah, go hold ahead. On. Because um, since you actually don't know the show, I should uh, tell you. So the team that wins, they go through oh, yeah. an obstacle course at the end. That's kind of the mousetrap sort of Rube Goldberg aspect of it. And so right. there's a series of challenges, and through each one, the point is you get a flag. And then the more flags you get, the more prizes you win. And then obviously if you get the last one, you get the big, the grand prize, right. whatever that right. is. So now you may go. So the first obstacle was a disaster. <laughs> was a disaster. The goal of the obstacle course was to go through different obstacles, find the red flag. On the first take, someone forgot to hide the flags <laughs> on take on take two, the contestant was covered in feathers and couldn't see the flag that was in plain sight. On the third take, a cameraman fell into the shot. They finally got it on the fourth take. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it sounds like Nickelodeon. It sounds like a Nickelodeon show. Like the People's Choice Awards with the buckets of goop and the, this just sounds like it's madness. Oh, and it, yeah, there's, slime was a major part of this. We'll even get into yeah. kind of what the slime was made out of specifically for Double Dare. But the show was first filmed at a Philadelphia television station. Eventually, they moved down to Orlando during yeah. Universal where they had the big sort of Nickelodeon campus thing down there. And they had built a studio that had its own sewage system that helped them clean up because the tapings were so messy because it was just it was gunk and crap everywhere and the crew would go through it's an estimated 600 to a thousand towels per taping just to clean up properly oh my god despite how clean they would try to make the set it was a major slipping hazard the crew ended up moving around by shuffling their feet like you would on ice that's that's insane <laughs> And if you and and uh, I think I don't think I put this in here, but the original the set was designed to kind of look like a bathroom, and so okay. it's all tile. And you know what Tiles. tile gets like when it's wet; it's crazy yeah. slippery, and that's what it was like. And there was one major injury. I mean, there might have been more, but there's one to note of when a kid went to brace himself during an obstacle. He was sliding. He 
slipped and broke his arm. And it broke so bad, the bone was poking through the skin. Now, the host, Mark Summers, who, I mean, that's this is a guy that we grew up on, was Mark Summers. Uh, he would recall later that the kid actually lied on his application. Um, and I've heard two different versions of the story. One is he had a condition that made his bones more brittle. And then right. there was another condition. There was another one that said that he had broken his arm on multiple occasions, making it easier to break. It's one, it's something similar to that, to that. So that's why he ended up, um, making that mistake. Oh, I just realized too, that, uh, I need to change this because corn's next. Okay, cool. (laughs) You also need, you also need to give me record permission since we just took a moment to do tech stuff. Uh, (laughs) but I'm amazed that they're trying to figure out, well, listen, listen, we've created a deeply hazardous place that's just an accident-prone environment waiting to happen, and we've decided to let kids throw their entire bodies into obstacles. But when the kid breaks his arm, it's his fucking fault for not disclosing that he's yep. got brittle bones or, oh, he broke his bone once before. Well, I mean, it was specific. Like, I mean, it was in the, it's blame in the it paperwork. On the How old was the kid? I mean, it was How in the paperwork. Like, oh, they're Damn, probably dude. 12, 13. You can, I can just imagine the stage parents walking along with the bone protruding, being like, put some dirt on it. Come on, get back in there. we got a contract to you fulfill, gotta win you that little goddamn, motherfucker. You got to win that VCR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to pay rent this month. Yeah. Um. So this show, this, show, this show would spawn multiple products, including GAC. Fuck, I remember GAC, which was basically packaged slime. They still sell that shit, don't they? The crew members called it GAC as almost an a homage to heroin because its street name was GAC. Is that true? That's what I read. Is Damn, that it's dude. sort of like, hey, we're just going to call this crap GAC. I, and I, they still sell that stuff everywhere. I don't know if they call it GAC anymore. I don't know if they have the actual oh, brand. Oh, they still sell GAC. They but sell slime. slime. But you remember stuff, GAC, oh, it's, right? It's everywhere. You remember, oh, yeah. oh, fuck. And I remember yeah. they came out with another one a few years later. It might not have even been a few years later, but it was called Flome. And it was, I, I swear it was GAC, but it had small styrofoam pellets in it. Yeah. You remember yeah. that one? Yeah. I remember My the GAC one was cool. That. They still sell it. Because the yeah. packaging, it looked like it like a splatter, and so what you could do is you would stick your hand in one and go, and you can make it yeah. fart, and it was just Farts, it, was, yeah. it had to be the most annoying thing for parents at all yeah. times. My, I mean, my kids exactly still right. got them now. Thankfully for my kid, I find it hilarious. So when she does right. it, she gets it. Even when I'm pissed, I have like the worst <laughs> goddamn day, and I know you hear from that stupid yeah. gack thing, and it's like, and I'll get a good chuckle out of it. So they would test out the obstacles. By having kids from the Philadelphia area come in on non-shoot days to test them. If they couldn't get through the obstacle on three tries, that idea was scrapped. They just picked up random kids from Philly? Well, I'm, I'm Doesn't sure. That sound I'm sure they didn't just a, like, hey, I'm sure they roll around in a in a windowless van. The way that you made it sound, it was like they just had kids from the Philadelphia area come in. Like, how do they scoop up these kids? Like, well, I'm pretty sure that they would make announcements at schools and stuff and be like, hey, we're not shooting on these days. Your brain goes really goddamn dark. Well, the way that you write it could be in, okay, in 1987, they calculated how much food they would go through in one show. The numbers were 50 gallons of whipped cream, 30 gallons of slime, dozens of eggs, and 10 cubic feet of popcorn cubic feet that's like an entire bedroom 
of fucking popcorn. That's more than an damn. That's ten, more. That's, ten cubic that's, feet's not that much. It's not an entire. No, if you had a small bed, like. I mean, if you're like a little kid. Anyway, I think, I think Shim's a little off on that. But going through that much food in a taping, uh, it caused concern over wasting food. So the crew would use past dated food because it was expired. The studio reeked. It just smelled awful. There was one time that they had a giant plexiglass tank filled with expired beans. I'll repeat that. Expired beans. They ended up having to have a septic tank company come out and remove the rotted beans. The story that I read said it was sitting there for like four days. Oh my, and did they put kids in this? They, they, they covered kids in this stuff during the obstacles. Now, I don't know if they did after that, but it was still expired food that the kids were rolling around in, yeah. Did, did the kids, did, when you were watching the show, did you ever see a kid like dry retch or throw up or look like they were gonna do that? Never, they didn't, they edited that shit out. Wow. Okay. The show, oh, this is funny. The show would get 10,000 letters a month, a lot of which were angry parents complaining that they had to postpone dinner because their kid wanted to watch the show right at 5.30. I mean, you didn't have a DVR back then, right? We didn't have streaming services. When that show was but on, just, you better be in front of that TV, man. To, to write, to write in, 10,000 parents to write in and say, look, we don't want you to cancel the show. Even though it's the dumbest it, fucking the show in history. Like, just move it so that we can still have our little... Anyway. It's not the dumbest show in history. Why would it be the dumbest show in history? Expired food. Oh, Septic God. tank for the you fucking... Everything, for everything really you easy. just said. Eh. Everything you just said. I, I remember watching that show thinking, one, child exploitation. Oh, two, God. these oh, people God. are fucking stupid. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> you know I don't I mean? at all. <laughs> So Mark right. Summers, he does host bootleg versions of the show now, including one called Dunkle Dare, and it's a beer-themed challenge that takes place during Philadelphia's Beer Week. Apparently, Mark Summers was a bit of a, a ladies' man. When the show would go on tour, they would do meet and greets afterwards. Mums would come up and give him their phone number, telling him to give them a call when their husbands weren't around. Sexy. Yeah, the guy that smells like old beans. Yeah. There were two major products that Doubledare turned down licensing agreements for. They turned down a $1 million offer from Casio to be the official time clock of the series, and they also turned down a $1 million deal for an official serial. Now, the reason Nickelodeon was turning down these deals, they said, quote, we're not Disney. But you also hear stories about how they were struggling, the show wasn't making a ton of money. And a Casio sponsorship, because obviously with these physical challenges or even when they're asking these questions, there's a counter. There's a clock. Yeah. Slap Casio's name above that thing and you could have made a million bucks. Like, yeah. I get that you're not Disney, but it doesn't seem like the smartest business sense. But <coughs> No, I think it, <clears throat> it that really doesn't make sense considering the type of show that it was. Because it was that type of show. It's like... You should try to milk that for every dollar that you can. Get get endorsements on everything. And the thing is, was the was the general vibe Disney sells out? Does Disney's all about the money? We're not going to whore ourselves out. That's, Disney, that's kind of what Disney I gather that? when I when I yeah. look into a lot of things on Nickelodeon. They really wanted to be the anti Disney. They just wanted to be the kind of the just the opposite almost. Yeah, that, like they yeah, that, like that there's a great there's a great documentary on Hulu where they talk to a lot of the people who were there in the early days. And they mentioned how they kind of liked being the underdog. They liked being right. the company that was new. 
sort of figuring things out while they go. And since it wasn't Disney, they could try things that Disney right. would never try, like a double dare, right. stuff like that. Right, right, right. Okay. The prizes weren't generally anything over the top, but one time they did they did give away a car specifically because they wanted to hear a kid scream, "It's a new car!" <laughs> Again, and this is a this is a group of people that didn't take the money from Casio for a goddamn yeah. sponsorship. But yeah, so slime, as you know, with Nickelodeon, that's kind of their their big thing. The slime started out as green jello mixed with flour, but it took too long to prep. Next, they went with cream of wheat mixed with green food coloring, but this became too sticky. It would like clump in the kids' hair, and it was just it was right. too much. So what they ended up doing is the winning combination was applesauce, green food coloring, and vanilla pudding. Wow. Imagine how that smells. I was, it was that's exactly what I was about to say. Imagine <laughs> having to get that out of your hair. And finally, Mark Summers has hardcore OCD, which seems odd considering how messy the show was. He even appeared in a series of VHS videos addressing his condition and therapy. That that's an interesting way to cap. I guess he would he would like go backstage in between takes because it was and just start being that doors. hard. I wonder if he ever pinched his leg when he was leaving the house to make sure the garage door <laughs> was properly closed or not. Yeah. That sounds right. like exactly what would have happened. Moving on to some polls here, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys want to check them out, head over to YouTube at The Real Brandalorian. I'm putting a bunch of polls up there. And uh, just a few to go over for this week. The first one, it was something we talked about in Five Fast Questions last week. And that was, which phone is better, Android or Apple? <laughs> so, of course, this got people going. This yeah. Este Bandido says, the question is not formulated correctly. All Android OEMs have a different taste of Android. Should be iOS versus Samsung One versus Pixel Android versus Motorola versus Nokia, etc. <laughs> is that what his voice sounds like, too? Because I can imagine his voice sounds That's like That's what that. I'm assuming it sounds like. Uh, J4M41 says, iPhone because I can smoke people on 8-Ball with it. <laughs> I'm assuming that's a game and you're not doing an 8-Ball <laughs> off of your iPhone. Yeah, because you can just as easily do a bump of off an eight ball off any fucking phone, and especially if it's like especially an iPhone days. Max, get that long yeah. rail there. So, yeah. um, Bren says, as an iOS user, I vote Android because Android is simply dusting Apple in all fields: better camera, better screen, more advanced technology. Maybe not as good of a user interface, but so what? Android is also not as cheaply made as Apple. Special chargers that break constantly. Intentional flaw for more money. I don't know. Apple just seems like a massive ripoff these uh, this day and age. This day and age. This day and age. I wonder how old she is. <laughs> I've got. I gotta. I, I kind of got to agree with her point. I got to agree with her point because the number one problem that I have with an with an iPhone is that anytime anything goes wrong, it it, it your whole life stops. And it's almost like they like, put like whatever breaks on the iPhone. You're like they did it on purpose, so I got to go get a new one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Essen Far true. Farham says, "Believe me, I have both Android and iPhone, and iPhone literally sucks." Yobro quickly responded with, "I also had Android and iPhone, and the Android sucks." Essen responded with, "What Android you got from ten years ago?" Yobro says, "Bro, you about ten years old." <laughs> and then DJ Doni comes in and says, "Same here, and Android." <laughs> oh, Android's trash. I'm sorry, there's a trash can emoji on that one. I love it when Android just, equals trash. When, they, when, when people start arguing. So the next poll, <laughs> who's the greatest guitar player of all time? The three that I put up. So essentially the way YouTube works is you can put up four 
options on a poll. So I give three, and then I put on the fourth one. If you if there's somebody else that you want, make sure you uh, let us know in the comments. So I put Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, and Van Halen. And as of recording this episode, we are sitting at 52% for Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is coming in in second? Of the three I options, hope it's Van, Clapton, I, I Van Halen, Van or it. someone else? Van Halen. It's someone else. What? But, well, right. but, but, well, because here you got to think that anybody who would vote for like a Dimebag Daryl or somebody who's yeah. not on this list is voting for someone else. So that's at 26%. Right. Van Halen came in at 18 Eric Clapton just 4%. Wow. Wow. That's that's surprising. So now do I get to find out who the other person is? Um, well, I mean, not necessarily because... Um, also, it, it, someone else wasn't one person. It's all different. Whoever anyone else chose. And, that's, they, and you can, can comment in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you get to comment. Uh, okay. like, so, and this is where uh, a lot of votes for Kurt Cobain. But I'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, Larry Hogg says, Hendrix himself said, Terry Kath of Chicago is the best guitarist in the world is it terry kath or is that a typo i'm not familiar i'm not as familiar with the uh, band Chicago. well the fact that you're not sure means that maybe that's not a true statement i'm just saying well i mean it could be a, i mean it could be a true statement about uh um no, jimmy about him being the greatest that. guitar player of all time oh yeah it is terry i'm kath. not sure yeah i'm not sure about that all right what's the next one um oh barry bliss is back barry bliss says kurt cobain and I know what y'all are going to say, but let's be honest. He was a fucking genius making the simplest power chords into catchy famous riffs, and that's legendary. Yeah, but we're not talking about a songwriter or a riff maker. We're talking about a guitarist, like a person who I don't. <clears throat> here's here's what I think. OK, I think when you're talking about the greatest guitar player of all time, you're talking about someone who gave the the guitar a voice, someone who you could hear them play guitar and go, oh, that's the voice of Jimi Hendrix. That's the voice of Eddie Van Halen, right? Yeah. Kurt Cobain had a voice in his voice and his voice was so much more powerful and iconic than his guitar playing style. And the truth is you could plug in any Strat into an overdriven amp and start smashing on power chords and you'd probably sound like Kurt Cobain as long as you played clean, right? Like he had that style. You, you can't say that about all the other guitar players. That's probably where I would put the difference. That's where I differentiate it. All right. Moving. So that's- Emily Fravel says for classic rock Hendrix, hard rock Halen, early metal Page, 80s, 90s metal, <clears throat> 100% James <laughs> Hetfield. Blues. That's not- <clears throat> as a, oh, and, oh, I forgot. This was uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was actually the, the he was getting the most write in votes. I, I okay. saw his name popping up a lot, but she says blues yeah. as a non Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. It's Stevie Ray Vaughan, but Hey, that's mm. all opinion. So yeah. I responds with, see, I'm, I'm contemplating. Should I say the names? Cause sometimes the YouTube names are just so goddamn stupid. Uh, but they responded with eighties, nineties metal is without a doubt, either Dave Mustaine or Dimebag. Any other opinion is wrong to which Emily responded. Damn. I should have said just eighties nineties is 100% dime. See, I, I'm inclined to agree with, like, name another guitar player. I mean, maybe Tom, because Tom Tom Morello really, the, that's when he popped was the 90s. <clears throat> Who would you, if you had to choose Dimebag versus Tom, what would you do? I would probably... You know what I mean? I think that's I would pretty... I would probably go Dimebag, I think. See, I think that when you put those two together... You'd, you'd wind up just picking whoever your personal favorite happened to be. 
because they're pretty on par. They both yeah. redefined a sound. They both distinct, were, very and very distinct yeah. for both of them. When you when you yeah. hear their song, like when uh, Damage Plan came out, you knew that's yeah. dime on. The yeah, guitar. yeah, exactly. So exactly. Joseph Williams then pops in on YouTube and says, James Hetfield isn't even the best guitarist in his own band. I kind of I don't want to say anything, but that's a very good. Point, well, that's see, and that's why we have the the internet, so people can say these things like this. Um, and then oh, here we go. I'm gonna I'm just gonna read the name as it's written because I know okay. what it's probably meant to say, but it's the big D1X. You can imagine what they're going for there, but it's yeah. the comments hilarious. Billy Joe from Green Day only posted this to troll my brother, who's gonna read this sentence. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you very much for the addition, mate. All right. And so for the final poll, I asked, what is the greatest horror-based artist slash group slash act of all time? The three options I threw up there, Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, Ghost, or someone else. There's one band that seemingly far and away exceeds all others when it comes to write-in votes. Oh, and going back to the do first get, poll, by the I way. Do I get to guess what on. it is? Because yeah, I have on. a pretty good going idea. Back, going back, um, Android was at, it's currently uh, winning in that poll 52% uh, to 48%. That's um, pretty close, 52 to 48 yeah. But I've got a pretty good idea who this band is. I was thinking about it after you told me at the start of the weekend. So when do I get to say? Fire away. <laughs> who do you think it is? Gua. No, but they did get a lot. You're kidding. They got a lot. What? You know, they, yeah. they, they got a lot. Do you know who I thought you were going to say? Who? Marilyn Manson. Mm, that's not it's, it's not horror guar is horror thing yeah. like slocky you know grindhouse horror film that's the vibe of it marilyn manson's more goth you know but yeah, anyway so is that. that was that the one marilyn manson was the one that most people picked no okay no the misfits oh shit they i mean a mm. ton of votes for the myth misfits some other places yeah, uh, some other ones on here uh king diamond um got a few different votes and there's a whole bunch of stuff that i i, I don't know ice nine kills even got a couple of votes oh i was gonna say ice nine kills because those guys i love that fucking band right now and they are so horror movie themed they're gonna have an amazing halloween run i don't know what they're planning but it's gonna be they're fantastic. performing in el paso texas on halloween night Oh, you have to go, man. That's going to be an amazing show. Do you know, do you like that band? Do you listen to them I at look, all Dude, yet? I did Ice Night Kills. We saw that. Remember the yeah. where you performed here in El Paso? Yeah. yeah. Um, they performed at the same place. Um, and I took my kid with me, and my kid loves Ice Nine Kills. I don't think she even really remembers them. She just knew that. Right. I, I have a feeling she kind of thought the lead singer was cute. And that's why okay. it's like, oh, Ice Nine Kills. And then I would try to play some of the music. I'm like, ah, we can't play this music for you. No, it's, it's not, pretty intense. It's pretty intense. But I love it. But yes. anyway. Ice Nine Kills got a few votes as well. But if you guys want to vote on any of these polls, uh, make sure you're subscribed over on my YouTube channel. It's at The Real Brandalorian. Also, make sure you're subscribed over on Shim's YouTube channel as well. His is at Shimon Moore. S-H-I-M-O-N. I've, I changed down on the bottom for you. I haven't been able to put the logos up yet. But it's I have an at Shim Moore and at Shimon Moore. So just find him on the social medias, man. It's not that hard. Look at that pretty face. Look at that beautiful face. Look at that. Look, Look yeah, at that. There's, there, no one else steals my face and puts the name up there with at Shim dot underscore dot more. Yeah. Yeah. No, that never happens. Blue check mark. Blue check mark helps. True. Look at the blue. Look for. I mean, Instagram. <coughs> you at least have the blue check mark. Hmm. So. 
All right. All right, that's going to do it for the polls, which means we're just about time for five fast questions. I'm going to allow you to kind of <laughs> loosen up, get ready. Oof. We're coming down. Here we go. It is time for five fast questions. Shim, you got the questions. I got the answers. Fire away, sir. Number one, what motivates you to keep going? Knowing that I'm not done yet. Number two, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Chewbacca. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, what do you hate about the education system? Oh, Jesus. It's the parents think the teachers should do everything and the teachers think the parents should do everything. It's a it's a combo platter, folks. Work together. Number four, what song stuck in your head right now? Everybody, 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 everybody. Man, a UFO. It's by Rob Zombies. <laughs> Five, what will always be funny to you? I just watched this. It's the Dean's Payday Rap from Community. It's hilarious. Go watch it. And that's five fast questions. Unfortunately, I, I can't no idea play it on here. Oh, my God. It is. Yeah. I, I, God, I wish we could play it on here. I just, I just, I don't want to risk the, the copyright strike. Maybe I will. I don't, God. No, we don't. We're not, there's no point. No, there's no look, point. okay. We put so a link look. in it. We'll put a link in the description. Go and click it right down there. Go and check it out. Yeah. So it's, it's so it's a wrap where one of the ongoing kind of themes with, um, with community is the Dean would show up to the whole group dressed as where he would, it would, it was a theme of whatever the announcement that he was making. So, He's there to tell everybody that payday is going to be delayed by a few days. So he shows up dressed like a payday bar. It's a big peanut candy bar that he's dressed as. And he goes into this rap that is just hilarious. And when you're watching it, I want people. So when you go watch this clip, make a note of Gillian Jacobs. She's on the bottom left of the screen. She's the blonde girl. She's looking at him the whole time. But when he, he all of a sudden, he's like, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. And then he like walks away like because like he became possessed when he was rapping. Right. She turns and looks back and she legitimately looks like, what was that? Like she was not told ahead of time, expect this in this scene. Like I, she looks like she's legitimately in shock. It's so goddamn funny. <laughs> and Jim Rash as the dean and community is brilliant, by the way. So I haven't had a chance to check out that show probably, but let's go back to number one. What motivates you to keep going? Nah, I'm not done yet, man. I ain't done yet. Dude, we're just getting started. I'm telling you, I was, I was talking to Shim before we started recording, and we you know we discussed kind of like the social media numbers and things like that. And, man, I got to tell you, it, things are just, 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 just getting started. And so it's, it's, it's easy to be motivated for that. That's a good place to be, man. That is a really good place to be. Who's your favorite Star Wars character? Chewie, buddy. And why? And now I want to know why, because there's a lot of choices there. What's, uh, what's, what's it about Chewie? I don't... I've always been part and partial to, to Mr. Chewbacca, the Wookiee, uh, from Kashyyyk, by the way. Um, I know when I was a kid, I had the toy, I and I still need to get another one of those. It's just a memento to have here on my desk, and it's like the original Chewbacca, because it fit right, right in my hand. And my parents said that I would just take it everywhere, and it just it was right. just this Chewbacca toy that was in my hand. And I don't know what it is. But I'd always kind of uh, like Yoda's also a really good character. I like Yoda. I've, I I've think really Yoda is my personal favorite for a different reason, but I'll tell you that in a second. Um, what solidified it for me, by the way, spoiler alert coming up, when Han Solo dies, 
I had an emotional reaction, but not because Han Solo died. I had an emotional reaction for Chewie. Yeah, I was about like, to say. You I was heartbroken for him. Dude, I got choked up meeting Chewbacca at Disneyland. I ain't fucking joking. Damn. I went in for a hug from that hairy beast, and I was like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? Like, <laughs> like this is amazing. Well, you got some and baggage on this, man. Dude, I do. And I, I don't even know what it is, but I was just like, I, like, I don't know if I, where like, I was mentally in that time, but I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I need was to everything him. okay with your parents during that yeah, time? Yeah, everything was, like, was you're projecting fine. Some like, significant I, shit, or I don't know, or like was a, it the beard, the beard, and the, the the hairiness and the brotherhood of like? I don't what? know, but I'm a grown fucking man getting emotional Apparently over Chewbacca. Not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, it was to the point where I'm hugging him, and I was like, oh shit, um, I got to keep hugging him because I might start to tear up and I got to make sure yeah. I got like, we're about to take a picture and I can't. No, I need, but at that point you can just be like, Oh man, your hair, is that made out of like poly polystyrene? Something <laughs> I'm or other? Allergic like, I've got to allergy. something in Chewbacca's hair. <laughs> I'll tell you one of the best lessons though, in all seriousness, one of the things, one of the best lessons that I learned when I first got into star Wars, when I found Yoda, I used to watch that first scene with Yoda over and over again, where he just irritates and annoys. And he's like, Luke Skywalker. Take him to you, I will. Yeah. 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 Mine, mine, mine. And, um, and he's just, and then when you get to the point, spoiler alert, Yoda's Yoda. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you get to the point where he, you finally realize, oh, he's the one that he's been looking for. And he's, and he's all knowing and all that sort of stuff. As a kid, what it did was it made me realize if you know something or if you know more, don't let it out. Don't let the cat out of the bag. Do not put it out there straight away. Take as, take as long as possible before you let people know what you know, because the other person will show their true colors, which is exactly what Luke did. He showed his adolescence and his immaturity because he wasn't humble enough to say, listen, I don't know you or whatever. And I, I remember looking at Yoda and being like, well, that's the wisest creature in the universe. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a page out of his book. And I used to do that a lot. It was one of the reasons why at a young age, I didn't have a lot of friends because I didn't just talk and say all these things and be like, well, I think this, I was always quiet because I'll be like, no, I'm going to listen to you and let you do all the work and do all the talking. And so after a while, it didn't occur to me at eight and 10 years old, kids look at the quiet kid and go, you're fucking weird, man. Fuck this. And they bail. Um, <laughs> what was next? Uh, oh, okay. What do you hate about the education system? Oh, fuck. I, I, you're seeing this more and more and more, man. And, and it's both sides because there's really good parents out there. There's really good teachers out there. There's also really bad parents out there and there's really bad teachers out there. And unfortunately it's the bad ones that kind of ruin the whole fucking system for everybody else where it's just, it's this thing of, well, I'm like, I, my taxes pay your salary. You should be like, you should have to do everything. And it's like, well, a lot of these teachers are spending their own money on stuff and they're doing, and it's, and we saw this a lot when I was working on the morning show, because we would talk about certain topics that involved sort of the local school district and man yeah. you would just see the vitriol between the two sides where it's these teachers are pissed yeah. at the parents and the parents are pissed at the teachers and it's like dude we're both in this together like this mm. is not us against you 
So we need yeah. to kind of be on the same page. And my kid has had some good teachers. My kid has had some not so good teachers. I don't think any of the ones that she has had have really been bad. Um, I just think, I don't think like, you know, ranking system, somebody's got to be on the bottom. <laughs> I think, I think it's a tough one when it comes to kids, especially when it's your own kids, the hardest, one of the hardest things to do is to just say, I'm going to take what help I can get, but I'm not going to rely on anyone. Mm-hmm. So if it turns out that this teacher isn't going to work for my kid, I'm going to either take him out of the school or I'm go- we're going to get private tuition for this thing. Or if they've started basketball over there and that coach sucks, we're going to change teams and just go like, instead of just going, look, you're in basketball, that's where you landed. Just stay there until you're fucking not interested in basketball anymore. And to just say, no, we're going to just have to keep making new decisions and finding new situations. That's the hardest thing because most people don't have the time or the energy for it. You know, Oh, wait, hold on. Okay. So also going back to the previous, uh, there was a, like the reason I paused awkwardly after we were moving on from the Star Wars question is because there was something else that I, I it's based on what I was going to say is that going into that final trilogy, the one that started with, uh, um, oh, Jesus, The Force Awakens, and then, yeah. you know, Last Jedi and, and yeah. The Rise yeah. of Skywalker. I, I mean, I was like, dude, if they kill off Chewbacca, I'm going to fucking break down in the theater. Like, I, that's that's a death I don't think I could take. And wow. Because you know that happens in the books. He dies saving Han Solo's, one of Han Solo's kids. Oh, wow. Okay. So but when you read not, that, did but you that's lose not it? Can, but that's not canon anymore. That's not, that's not within, like, what's considered real Star Wars lore at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. But so, but when you found that out, did you get upset? Did it affect you emotionally? Yeah. Really? It's Chewbacca, man. I want to say, if I remember correctly, it's on like a lava planet and Chewie, somehow he goes to save the sun. Right. But you, but, but you know, he sacrifices himself. What? But you know that it's just a book. It's, <laughs> it's a galaxy it's far, a- far away, man. <laughs> just because it's not near us doesn't mean it's not near my heart. Oh. <laughs> that's Dude. a t-shirt oh my that's god i just made that just, up but that just i just, just totally made, made that, that up. up yeah that was epic oh, that was fantastic fuck. charlie if you're listening to this that's a t-shirt buddy yeah all right yeah. finally the last one here so there was this lo- was what song is stuck in your head right uh, now and i thought it was a system of a down song no it's rob zombie and it came out a few years ago and it's called everybody effing in a ufo we played it on the radio station i mean obviously if it's heavily edited but the yeah. song it's everybody 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 fucking in a ufo <laughs> and it's just this catchy ditty that rob zombie came up with because like i've said when i start prepping um are uh, the the other episodes of the history of rock? I like to listen to the music that I'm prepping. So I was, I've been listening yeah. to a lot of corn because we have corn coming up, um, not next week, but the following week. And then after that, by Halloween Day, I think we're, we're going to hit White Zombie up for that one. Yeah. Or Rob Zombie. I haven't quite figured out what we're going to do. But as I've been kind of looking more in, into Rob Zombie, um, oh, I'm do I have a short uh, on him that's all about how his uh, directorial debut was supposed to be for a third installment of The Crow. They had planned this. It was going to be called The Crow 2037. It was announced in 1997. And they had the whole story and everything was written out. It ended up getting canceled. And then, of course, his debut as a director came later when he was um, uh, when he did House of a Thousand Corpses. So, yeah. But yeah, so I've been listening to a lot of that. And that pops up. And every time that song pops up, it gets stuck in my head. Got, everybody, I, everybody, I, I everybody, 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 everybody
Everybody, 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 everybody. Fucking you have Not knowing the song, just hearing you with your with your redneck accent and your and little Dude, that's how it's I mean, I'm telling you, that's how that song sounds. Can you take your tooth out and sing it? Huh? Can you take your tooth out and sing it? No, I got I got full teeth now. They're all, oh they're all shit! Connected. I forgot. That's too bad. That was a nice face. touch when we did that. Okay, cool. <laughs> me know from Texas. You yeah. guys want everybody, everybody, everybody's fucking a UFO. <laughs> all right. All right. So, really nice. quick recap here. Let's make sure you guys are checking out all of the socials. Mm. Shim on Instagram is at Shim. On YouTube, it is at Shimon Moore. And then at TikTok, it is at Shim Moore. He wanted to make it as difficult as possible for people to follow him. You can find me. It's at the real Brandalorian over on YouTube and Instagram. TikTok is the odd one for me. That is at Goat the Brandalorian because for some reason somebody already was the real Brandalorian over there. And our numbers are blowing up, baby. You beat me to five thousand subscribers, by the way. Yeah, but that's I had a head start. You, there, there's no version of oh, this I'm where a, you're not going to blow oh, straight I'm gonna, past I'm gonna me because you've got more time. Pat, you're going to be eating my. <laughs> Dust. No, I'm going to be eating your dust in a few weeks, man, if, if not less. No, I'm certain of it. Cause And fucking congratulations again on all of the movement, man. Thank you to everyone who's been liking, subscribing, and following both of our channels and enjoying the content and most importantly, commenting on the content and letting us know, hey, we're digging this stuff because we're going to keep doing more of it. So, uh, and on that note, we shall see you at the History of Rock podcast coming up His name up is Shem, he's the rock star. His name is Brandon, he's the DJ class is dismissed. Sick finish. Oh, I forgot.